You're listening to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Our mission is to provide thought-provoking, powerful, and practical information to help you in creating your own sustainable, wealth-generating law firm without overwork or overwhelm so you can live your best life. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here today with Melanie Lippman, Style Consultant. Melanie works with ambitious women who are letting limiting beliefs and overwhelm about clothing and their style hold them back from who they are really meant to be. So I welcome Melanie. I'm so happy to have you here on the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Great. Well, we've got a lot of questions for you today, and this is a, such a fun topic too, to be able to talk about fashion and style and, and how we present ourselves. But there's a whole lot more than just kind of that, that surface, um, wearing a beautiful dress or wearing lovely jewelry or whatever. There's a whole lot to, more to it than that. And we're going to get into that. But before we do, I'd like for you to tell us just a little bit about yourself and your background and how you came to do this kind of work. Absolutely. So I've been personal styling since I was five years old. Um, My family had an accessory store and people would come in, let's say, looking for a pair of earrings to wear to their son's wedding. And then we all have our stories that I don't, you know, I'm dreading going to the wedding because my ex-husband's going to be there with his new wife and like all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I quickly realized that if you felt good, showing up to the event, it was so much easier to go there. Mm-hmm. And then also, if you just feel confident in the way that you looked, as opposed to being like, I just don't love the body that I'm in right now, mm-hmm. just really flipping the switch on that situation. So from such a young age, I realized the power of confidence and the power of just you yourself feeling good. So that's kind of where I really realized that I loved doing that. And I loved giving women that power to feel great in their own skin. So of course, trajectory in the fashion industry, went to um, the Fashion Institute of Technology and um, had a career um, as an account executive in corporate within the fashion industry for Mm -hmm. over 10 years and went through a lot of the things that someone's young in a huge corporate world goes through. Um, I was given a pretty big position when I was 24 years old. I was told to get on a plane and sell very expensive jewelry to um, Harrods, the department store in England. Mm-hmm. And some people may not know this, but like the fashion industry is filled with a lot of men with white hair and suits, even though it's right. glamorous and beautiful. And then those women that look like Anna Wintour in Devil Wears Prada. So there's me that's 24 years old that walked into this situation. And I loved fashion. I was obsessed with fashion. I read every single fashion magazine. I knew every single trend, all of the things. But I started feeling insecure in how I looked and how I put myself together and that I didn't deserve a seat at that table with those mm-hmm. people that were there which was such a struggle for me, especially since I loved fashion and I couldn't figure it out. But all of my insecurities from my youth, um, having weight issues and not feeling so great um, about my height and all of those things started coming up at that specific moment. And I actually um, went into debt because I felt that in order to feel like I deserved to sit at that table, I needed to be wearing Chanel shoes. I needed to have, you know, the perfect bag and all of those things. And I realized that if me, who's obsessed with fashion, felt that, I could Mm -hmm. only believe that someone who, like, didn't have that in their blood, I couldn't even believe what they were going through when they were put in those difficult situations when they were um, judging themselves and all of that stuff. So that really carried through my whole entire career. Um, And that's why when I was at that life-changing moment when I had my son and stepped out of that corporate role, when my true calling and passion really like just, you know, almost like knocked me in the head, like, why aren't you doing this? And I went um, back to school because I'm a firm believer in education and really understanding the science and logistics and everything that goes into my business and what I'm teaching people. So I have a degree in image consultation and color consultation. And that's where I learned that getting dressed actually is really simple and that it's just a mathematical equation. And that once you know your own personal equation, it's super easy. 
So that's oh, why wow. my clients that are very analytical love my method and love um, getting dressed because I just show them that it's simple and it's not complicated. And um, I just love really making sure that people feel confident in their own skin because I know what it's like to not do that. And it's a pretty funny feeling. Right, right. Well, there's that. That is fantastic. There's a whole lot to unpack there and everything you said. So I'm going to try to go back and delve a little deeper into some of the pieces. One is that you had, you know, working at such a young age in the fashion industry, you really are get into a comparison situation where you're compared. I mean, you're already at an age where it's easy to compare and women always compare themselves to others. And, and here you are comparing yourself to people, first of all, who have probably a lot more money than you did at the time from, uh, you know, to be able to spend on fashion. And then also just that standard of beauty and standard of, you know, perfection that we see in the beauty industry where you have to be really tiny and really tall, really, really thin and really tall. Right. And so if you're not that, which most of us aren't that I can see where that would have been a real challenge at that age. And I think that it's something that whether you're in the fashion industry or not in our culture, women are still bombarded with those kinds of images. We're starting to see now a little more diversity. So we're starting to see more women uh, with different skin tones and different skin colors and more body shapes. And some businesses are actually making that their, their model. You know, they're targeting people of all different body shapes and sizes and colors. And, uh, and that's really exciting to see in the fashion industry, but still what you're, what you're probably working with, with a lot of your clients is their internalized view of themselves and, a lot of times that's not very positive, right? Oh, 100%. That as women, I find that we always look in the mirror at our least favorite part of the body. And that is one of those things that when I'm in a dressing room or when I'm working with a client virtually and we're kind of talking about what they don't like about an outfit, it's always their least favorite thing. And I really try to really flip that and kind of start talking about what they love about themselves and what they enjoy about themselves. And, um, and it so comes from like conditioning from when we were young and things that are brought up. Like I always talk about like the, the style story and, um, that is what I relate to that story that's in your head at that point when you're, when you hate getting dressed. So it may be in the fitting room. It may be in your closet next to that pile of 17 outfits you tried on. It may be when you're working in a mirror. It may be when you're at a networking event, judging yourself, against that super chic women that walked in the room, but it's the voice in your head from when you were five years old. It's the um, potentially the mom that dressed you in these really frilly gowns that you didn't like. It may be the aunt that said you have a really long neck and you should show that off more. Uh, or that first boss that gave you that backhanded compliment that, oh, that's a cute dress. Like all of those things, this layer and layer and layer, on and we don't even realize that they're there, but they kind of come up in this very indirect way when we are at our weakest point, whether that is in, like I said, the fitting room with the bad lighting or in your closet having to try to get dressed in two seconds. So there's all these very stressful points that come up um, when we're getting dressed, especially if you have a fear and anxiety about being visible. So we do all these things um, because of our, you know, two million year old brain that's trying to protect us. Um, but it's actually hurting us in the long run. Right, right. I, and this is a situation that gets more complicated as we age too, isn't it? Because I know for me, I'm now in my 50s. And when I was, of course, I, you know, I, I never felt like I was perfect enough or good enough or beautiful enough, even at a young age. But then as you get older, your body changes. Mm-hmm. Your old tricks don't work so well. And you're sitting there looking, this this is not my figure that, you know, that I knew how to dress. And now I don't know how to dress it because it's changed. It's different. You know, there are different things happening in different places. And and have you dealt with that with, with women as well? One million percent. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when we're kind of going through 
women's closets, um, and that's a lot of, you know, the beginning steps of, you know, editing your closet. Um, if we work in person, I do it with you, um, you know, in your home, but a lot of my work is done virtually, so we'll kind of, I'll, I'll go through your closet with you. And they have clothes for this other life or this other body, and seeing it is horrible every day. Like, it's like a constant reminder of the body you once had. It's like living with your ex-husband. Like, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> no, that's <And> terrible. <laughs> that's a terrible thing. <laughs> and some people, like, won't get rid of the stuff. So I force them to, like, put it in a box and put it in a closet for, like, when you get back to your body, even though we all know, like, the weight shifts. Like, even after having a baby, your body is never going back, no matter how many diet right. or Peloton rides you're going to do. Like, it's not happening. Right. Um, and that's what is so important is just embracing what you have. And that's where it really comes down to embracing your body type as opposed to fighting it. Because mm -hmm. that's where you come into such a struggle. Because there's so many things that come out in the fashion industry. It's, you know, skinny jeans and it's um, crop tops and it's, you know, these thin sh shells to wear under blazers and there's always something new and the reason why there's always something new is because they want you to keep buying stuff right but if you kind of just let that stuff that doesn't fit your body type go it's so much easier like if you're right. like these are the type of pants that look good on me you don't have to spend seven hours trying to figure out how to make them look good on you it's learning the pants that look good on you and embracing it and being fine with it. I know there's this brand that's called like Not Your Daughter's Jeans. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it's my clients that are in their 50s favorite pair of jeans. But when I first introduce it to them, I have to hide the label. Because like, <laughs> I am not wearing jeans that say that. They really should change the name of the brand. <laughs> they right. get so like, I'm not trying. No, I am not trying those jeans on. And then I'm like, okay, let's just try them on. And once they do, they never look back. Because it's the jeans that flatter them and look good on them. And they hug in the right places. They're baggy in the right places. They're cut for them. And right. that's the idea of just embracing it and not waiting until you lose the 10 pounds. Right, right. Because we're always trying to lose the 10 pounds. Even if, even if you lose weight, there's still 10 more pounds to go exactly. in, in our minds, you know. Um, and, and so what kind of, do you work? Do you identify certain body types? Do we categorize certain body types? One of the things that um, has always sort of frustrated me, there's the there's the pear and the apple <laughs> and the, I don't know what the other one is, banana, I don't know. But, uh, pear, but you apple, don't, square. <laughs> right, right. Rectangle, I don't know. So and but but the thing that always frustrates me about that is that I don't often see um, body types that talk about short waist, long waist, you know, like different proportions of your body, you know, the length of your body, what the different proportions, because I'm, I'm a, I'm a short waisted girl. And so things that are designed for, you know, a pear shape or, or even an apple shape, whatever, if they've got the, the thick waistbands, it looks like, you know, my boobs are sitting on my, right. <laughs> on my belt. like there's nothing there because I'm short-waisted, right? Yeah. I, I am too. <laughs> yeah. And so how do you, so how do you help women get kind of identify what their body type is? With, at the beginning, it gets a little rough because I ask them to give me their measurements and send me pictures of themselves in yoga clothes. But <laughs> I always say it's, this is part of the process. And as educated women, we know that knowledge is power. And when we know what our body type is and what works well on us, um, then we can start from square one and we can build a great foundation and knowing what works for us. Because when you no, like just admit, like you can't, there's no surgery that is going to stretch you. Like you're not like Willy Wonka going in that right, stretching exactly. factory. So um, what I do is just kind of a variety of measurements, pictures, kind of talking through the things that work, the things that don't work. Um, and really, yes, I do use the body type because there are a lot of specific kind of tricks when it comes mm -hmm. to dressing specific body types but then I take in some consideration things like your rise if you have long legs 
Um, if you have, you know, a long torso, if you're short, you know, have a short torso, um, you're, if you're petite, because petite isn't only really about your legs, it's also about how long your arms are. And mm-hmm. if you have a suit when your blazer goes so like past your, past kind of your thumb line, it starts looking sloppy. And so we really take into consideration your body as a whole and how we should dress it. And there's millions and millions of different tips and tricks that can make you look taller, that can make you look thinner, that can make you look like you have a smaller chest, bigger chest, whatever you want. So it's only almost kind of me sitting down with a client and getting to know what their body type is and then getting to know what their goals are. Because some of my clients have huge chests. And they're proud of them. And then I have clients that have huge chests and they would do anything to look like they're an A. So it's really learning about what your goals are and also like how to dress your own personal body wherever you are in life. Because as you said, it changes. Mm-hmm. And the good thing is that your body changes not so much. So the things that you probably learned when you were 16 years old, you could use a few of them, but you just need to do a few more things. And that's, again, where it comes to knowing how to dress your body type as opposed to buying the thing that never should have been bought before and doing 25 things to fix it. Right. right. That's what I find a lot of times when we're, in a, when we're in our closet. It's like, okay, these pants look horrible on me, so I have to layer a tunic on. I have to put a necklace on. I have to wear a heel. If you just had pants that fit you right, you wouldn't have to do that. And yeah. then what you, going back to what you said before, it really has to do with dressing proportionately and making sure that the proportions are correct, because that's one of the key things when getting dressed, um, besides, mm-hmm. you know, colors that look good on you, is just making sure that the proportions are right. Because a lot of people, when they think about getting dressed, they, they cut themselves, themselves in half, yeah. where like their top and their skirt is kind of like the same length and wearing pairing a skirt and a blouse is usually when clients come to me, the thing that they're like, I don't know. I missed this day of school because <laughs> I can't do it. Um, but it's because you're, you actually want a different sort of proportion. You don't want one half and one half. You want one half, one third and two thirds. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't cut you off because you don't want to cut yourself in half because it makes yourself look shorter and it makes you look uninteresting and kind of boring. So if you think about the ratio of one third to two thirds when getting dressed, it's just so much more flat, flattering and it's like so much more aesthetically pleasing when you are looking at yourself or when someone else is looking towards you. Right. Right. I know that you probably also encounter a lot of dark colors and black and things like that in people's wardrobes. Mm -hmm. And for as far as attorneys go, you know, attorneys, I, when I was going to court every day, it's just much easier to put on a black suit because it's dramatic. And I know I'm going to, I'm very fair. And I'm like, I liked the contrast and I knew it was going to look good on me. And if I, I can't wear white because I look, you know, ridiculous. And um, I always envy people who can, but I live in Florida too. So <laughs> black in the summer is really fun. I got to tell you, black suits in the summer are really fun. Um, and people are calling you a New Yorker. So, so you, you know, uh, I think that we kind of, when we first graduate from law school, we've got to have that, you know, we feel like we've got to have that Navy interview suit or that black interview suit. Um, but I'm seeing now a lot of women attorneys really embracing dresses and more bright colors and you know things like that what what do you say to somebody who's just like you, you know they you you look in their closet you do their consult and it's all black <laughs> or i tell blue. them that black makes them look older and that it brings out the dark circles under your eyes and it exaggerates your wrinkles and then they're more opening time <laughs> about wearing color <laughs> Exaggerate your wrinkles. That's fun. <laughs> um, but it's true. But the one thing about black is, you know, I, that's one of my like, dramatic responses of when I start when I chat with women about um, getting dressed. About you know, black only looks good on twenty five percent of women, and then like, well, am I part of the twenty five percent? But it's it's really by your face. So mm-hmm. dark colors are naturally slimming. They kind of make everything blend and look nice. Um, but by your face, they're draining. 
So if you are going to wear a black suit, that's totally fine, especially because I always want people to be comfortable and not wear a costume and something that doesn't feel true to them. But just know that near your face, you need to be adding a little bit of vibrancy. So whether it's um, a shell in a color that's more flattering on you, whether it's a pair of earrings, a necklace, a scarf, you just want to make sure that near your face, you're having some radiance and some warmth. Because the worst thing is for someone to say to you, did you not sleep last night? And it could be because <laughs> you're wearing black. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. also just navy blue is a much more flattering color. So if you're able to just switch your black for some blue a little bit, um, mm-hmm. it'll be a little bit easier to work with. And you won't have to play it up so much. I, I know so that. Uh, I get like, it. I, <laughs> I love I know black that. too. <laughs> I know that, uh, you know, I tried to, I tried to do some things with, um, chocolate brown but i'm very picky about my browns it has to be mm-hmm. like a rich chocolate brown or it doesn't or it makes me look very washed out um and so that's often a good because i'm i'm a redhead so it's often so do you wear emerald green because that's like should be your signature yeah. color and actually i just bought a green suit in fact but i don't wear suits very much anymore since i i don't uh practice you know go to court like i used to so I am, I have switched to a much more casual wardrobe <laughs> and especially, and I want to talk about that because I want to talk about so many of us right now, we're recording this during the pandemic and a lot of people are working from home, including attorneys and, the, and we are having to make court appearances via video. Mm-hmm. And, we, and, and of course I encourage a lot of my clients to do marketing videos so that they're, you know, putting information out there and attracting their ideal clients. And then we're meeting with clients and uh, colleagues through video chats and things like that. Have you been um, offering some advice for how to look good on video and what they, what people can do to sort of enhance their look on video? Since we can't yeah. show off the fabulous shoes, which is exactly. what this might go to, right? Exactly. That's like the worst thing. I keep saying to all my clients, I'm like, are you ever going to wear heels again? Like your feet probably are going to, I remember like after I had my son and I didn't wear heels for so long when I first put them on, I'm like, this feels weird. You're like, I don't know how to walk in these anymore. All of our calluses that we've, that we've acquired right. over the years. Right. So we're going to have to build up new ones. Um, but Definitely. So it actually kind of speaks to a lot. I know that a lot of my clients that are attorneys, they get so stressed out um, when it comes to the weekends and when it comes to like meeting a friend for dinner or something like that. Like they probably have like their work look covered, um, but that more casual event kind of stresses them out. And now it's another casual thing of the, um, I don't have to wear a suit. I can't wear the shoes. Like, what do I do? I have all these clothes, but they really don't relate to, to what I'm doing right now. So I have been doing consults where I work with clients' current wardrobes, and we go through, um, we're so linear thinking that we think that the blouse that we wear under the suit is only acceptable to be worn under the suit, that it's hard to kind of take the blinders off and thinking about wearing it a different way. Like, maybe you can wear the blouse by itself. Or maybe you could wear the blouse under a cardigan and you could wear it with jeans. So I um so I've been doing these consults where I go through someone's closet and then show them how to wear what they currently own casually and then suggest a few pieces for them to invest in that in turn can kind of go into that weekend wardrobe that they always get stressed out about. But as yeah. far as looking good on video, I do I have actually a training that um, I could send to you that we could link it in the show notes if that's okay. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. That is basically how to look good on video conference because those boxes are horrible. Like, and we're seeing ourselves as we're talking. So <laughs> they were not created by a female, probably. Um, but the best things to do when being on video conferencing is to easy colors to wear are just jewel tones. Again, black is the worst because those the lighting is never perfect, so it makes you look drained. It makes, you know, wrinkles, under eye circles really, really stand out. So if you stick with jewel tones, which would be like your emerald green, eggplant, cobalt blue, like a coral color, those are the colors that are universal colors that look good on everyone, so you don't have to worry about if they look good on you or don't look good on you. And they also look very, very good on video. 
I mm -hmm. also always suggest wearing either a necklace or a pair of earrings. You don't want to do too much and it looks like where you're going next. Um, but yeah. wearing an accessory really, really helps kind of finalize and polish your outfit. Um, and also it's just nice because you're, it's inside that box. So it really kind of helps, um, look like you're put together and polished. I also suggest, um, you know, wearing makeup and kind of having your lighting be as good as possible. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to prints and patterns, you really want to be very particular about them because mm -hmm. any of those small patterns that we probably wore under blazers, they come across very fuzzy um, through video conferencing because the video, it's kind of like being on TV, is that it kind of doesn't know what to do with it, so it makes it kind of fuzzy looking, especially like um, a horizontal line. Again, it just looks strange. It's, it, and then when you're talking, you kind of see yourself in the video. You start to get distracted by it. Your viewer gets distracted by it. So if you're unsure about prints, I would avoid them. Um, but if you are going to wear a print, I would wear a larger print because it's those smaller ones that start looking a little fuzzy and weird. And then the last thing that I always recommend is the idea of the ca camera adding five pounds is true. Mm -hmm. So especially when you're in those little boxes, because we can't see the proportion of everything else around us. Mm -hmm. So what you're wearing looks exaggerated. So you want to make sure that your clothes are tailored correctly and that you're not wearing that oversized sweatshirt, that oversized casual shirt that you wear on the weekends that looks great with maybe your pair of skinny jeans. Like it looks so much bigger and unkept in the video. So mm -hmm. it just really looks sloppy. So you want to make sure that your clothes are more form fitted when you are doing these um, video conferences. So you don't look like a sloppy and unkept. That's a great tip. Um, I, I saw there's a, a woman that I follow who teaches people how to do YouTube videos. And she was talking about that one day about this little trick that she takes. If she's wearing a little t-shirt or whatever she takes and sort of ties it up so that it looks more form fitting. Um, and of course yep. you can't see the tied up part. You just see the top, but it looks more form fitting. And I thought, Oh, that's a handy little trick to have there. But um, I know that, you know, for, uh, for me, I've been doing, when I do been doing live videos, of course, I'm just showing up with what I've got on or whatever, but I tend to wear uh, a lot of, you know, cute little V-neck tees and things like that. But when you, when you're positioning yourself as an authority on something, it look it looks too casual. You know, it's fine for when I'm talking with, you know, one-on-one -on -one with people who know me or whatever. But I find that, you know, if you're presenting material, like if you're presented to a court or if you're presenting a marketing video or something like that, that you, you do have to dress up a little bit more to come across and, and to communicate the way that you are trying to communicate, you know? Right. Cause you, uh, you are, this is, this is your only way of presenting right now. And this is the only way of you branding yourself at the current mm -hmm. moment. And that's why a lot of my clients are creating, as you mentioned, like these marketing videos, they may be going live on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram. And you just want to remember that these videos don't go away and you never know who's going to see them. So you want to make <laughs> sure that you're always putting your best foot forward. And if you're smart about creating content, you're repurposing it. So you want right. to create something that you are going to be happy to maybe, you know, record your screen and share it on another social media platform. Or if maybe you're on LinkedIn and someone's chatting about something that is very relevant to what you spoke about in a webinar you were hosting a few days ago, you could kind of, you know, take a glimpse of that and share it. You just want to make sure that everything that you're putting out there is really in line with your own personal brand. Mm -hmm. So you can repurpose it and you don't have to keep reinventing the wheel every single day. Right. Right. I would imagine things like necklines and stuff like that are something we need to be thinking about with regard to videos. Uh, they're more flattering necklines, things like collars. And if you, you know, you have to watch your V-necks for sure. <laughs> you mm -hmm, know, like totally. you don't want to create those kind of videos. Um, so, <laughs> you know, are there recommendations for different kinds of, you know, are the different kinds of necklines 
of look good on with different kinds of body. We're we looking at the body type. We're looking at faces when we think about necklines. So it's it's both. Usually, um, a V neckline is is the most flattering, um, just because it's one of those optical illusions. It draws your eye up and down, and it kind of makes you look taller and thinner. Um, it's also great if you are wearing one of like a kind of a more delicate necklace because it can show it off. But the thing that you want to realize is when you're on these videos is that you want to be impactful. So mm -hmm. if you are wearing a delicate necklace, no one's going to see it. So wearing more of a statement is definitely more dramatic and impactful and is going to show your personal style. Um, and you never want to kind of like cut yourself off. So, mm -hmm. and you never want to be futzing. So wear like one of those like off the shoulder tops or something that like a button that keeps opening. You really want to be aware of your comfort level and what happens when you are um, going on camera. Because I know myself, like if something's bothering you, you're like fussing in your chair and it is so obvious um, when you're recording something. It's, more, it's so when, much more exaggerated on video right. when I realized that when I, I'm always up. Uh, I have a hairstyle where it kind of drapes over to one side a little more than the other. And I'm always fussing with my hair and I don't really pay much, you know, I don't realize I'm doing it. And then when you see your video yourself on video, the first few times you're like, wow, I really do that a lot. <laughs> I need to stop exactly. that. Cause we're our critic also. So it's like amplified. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so talk to me about some of the challenges that you think, that you've seen your clients face and uh, with regard to going in and trying to, to work on their wardrobe with them to maybe increase their confidence or make them feel better about themselves. What, what kind of stories do they come to you with about their struggle with clothes? Cause there are some people who love fashion. There are other people who hate shopping and you know, what kinds of things are you hearing professional women say? Sure. So, my clients, interestingly enough, is when I first started and also a lot of my clients come to me, they're like almost embarrassed. They're kind of mortified, especially if like they may enjoy shopping or they may like fashion, but they just don't know how to do it correctly. I know like a lot of my clients that are attorneys, like they, a lot of them like shop for sport. Like it's the thing that girlfriends do or it was something great to like get out of the office or it was like retail therapy. They would just kind of hoard carts and buy stuff to make themselves feel good. But they weren't doing it with purpose and intention. They were just collecting stuff. Mm -hmm. And so while they like shopping and they were kind of good at it and they were fashionable, they just weren't doing it correctly. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that they kind of come to me. They're like, I have all of this stuff and you know what? I still go and shop more. Like I never feel satisfied. I don't, I don't know if it's just like I like the high of shopping or I just don't know what to do with what I have. So it's almost like that confusion and overwhelm where having too many choices within your closet. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something that it, it takes a while when I first start chatting with these women because they're, they're embarrassed. They're like, I don't, why do I need to hire someone to help me to do this when I can do it on my own? I should be able to, like, I love, I've always loved, you know, dressing up and all of that. So there's that whole story of not really doing it with purpose and almost just like hoarding and not really able to do it intentionally because getting dressed and having style, yes, it has to do with what you like and what you think is pretty and how you want to present yourself. But deep down, it really needs to do with your own personal brand and who you're trying to attract and what message you want to be sending off. And if you're sending out the right message, when they want to talk, when we speak about colors and fit and, um, you know, if you think about, let's say, um, like an iconic woman, like let's say like Michelle Obama or Kate Middleton, like if I say their names, you know exactly the type of clothes that they wear. Mm -hmm. And as a personal brand, you, you need that for yourself. You want someone who's working with you to think of you as that like a leader, impactful, powerhouse person. And just because you know how to shop and you know how to buy things doesn't mean it translates into that, that level of success. The level mm -hmm. of someone walking into a room and owning it is different than I know how to buy some stuff. So it's really thinking about yourself as a leader and a thought leader and someone who is influential and makes a difference is different than being pretty and being able to put together a nice outfit. 
So it's mm-hmm. that idea of that whole personal branding. And then on the flip side, I have women come to me that are just like, I am mortified. I hate shopping. I'm embarrassed to tell my friends. Like, I would rather like clean a toilet bowl than go into a store. <laughs> and like, it's just not my thing. And we weren't, we're never taught how to do it. We weren't taught in like high school, this is how to dress for your body type. This is how to like, be presentable. This is what you shouldn't be wearing. Like, we've learned some of those rules from TV shows and from fashion magazines, but there's so much information out there that it's confusing. So even if you try to do it on your own, which as powerful women, we always find that there's an answer and you should be doing it on our own and you shouldn't be hiring someone to help you. But there's so much conflicting information out there that it actually puts you into a tailspin and you you kind of feel like, okay, I'm just going to wear what I wore last week. It's fine. Like, it's Mm. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's not okay. You you don't want to settle for fine. You don't want to have a fine career. You don't want to, like, have, you know, a, a fine relationship. You want, like, it to be spectacular. So, um it's really kind of taking these women that feel that they don't have a stylish bone in their body. And they're like, I don't even know how to talk to you about what I like. I don't even know what to talk to you, how to even explain what my style is because we've never been allowed or we've never allowed ourselves to actually say what we like and what we want to look like. And Mm -hmm. because we stop ourselves, like you may be like walking down the street and be like, wow, that woman is wearing a beautiful dress but I couldn't pull that off. Like, or you may, let's say, go be flipping through a magazine and say, oh, I really like that red blazer. Mm, I couldn't wear red. That's not my color. So we always kind of like block ourselves because of the fear. Because if we did try and it didn't look good on us and we called attention to ourselves and we were noticed, someone would see that we may not be perfect for one second. So there's a lot of those other things that come up too of really just kind of not even knowing where to begin and having a personal style and, but knowing that something's wrong, like, cause we compare ourselves to these other women that look perfect and, but it's not really being given the clear path of this is how to make it better. And that's why people love just kind of having the tools of like, okay, this is what we do in the first week. This is what we do in the second week. And now we're going to go through your closet. And what people don't realize is, they probably haven't been doing it completely wrong. They just haven't been doing it 100% right. So right. it's probably just minor tweaks. Like people come through like, I, I just need to start from scratch. Like, I am bad. I think we all go through that period of time where we're like, can I just take everything into my closet, dump it, and start mm-hmm. over? And away. But then you know what happens? Like that's the thing. Most people come to me and they're like, okay, I tried a subscription box that didn't work. And that just frustrated me because they don't listen to what I said. And then people are like, okay. And then I went and I hired a personal shopper. I went to Nordstrom's and I worked with a personal shopper and they, and I spent all of this money and all of these new clothes because I thought that would be the answer. But you still have those old limiting beliefs and you still kind of never really talked about who you want to be as a brand and what you want to achieve. And they kind of didn't work with what you what you already had. So they didn't know what the issues were. So it's really like a more of a holistic approach. I call it like putting Band-Aids on things. Like if you put a Band-Aid on it, the blood is going to kind of come through at one point in your time. Mm -hmm. You really need to deal with it head on and really want to change and really be like, I'm not okay with fine anymore. Yeah, it's really about feeling good you know mm-hmm. the, the looking good is almost secondary to the feeling good like you want and and people have a i think that women have a a misunderstanding that uh you if you have if you dress pretty you dress nice you dress up it's not going to be comfortable so there's that whole com- i want to be comfortable thing and you know, and saying, okay, yeah, but you can look, you can look, uh, you can look presentable and dressed, you know, in a way that is, makes you attractive. And I don't mean sexually attractive. I just mean attractive to people and, and, Mm -hmm. and present you in the light that you would like to be seen in and still be comfortable. You know, you don't have to wear, you don't have to wear clothes that are uncomfortable to achieve 
that a look that that when you walk into a room, people go, wow, she looks really put together. She looks mm-hmm. really confident. And that's like a mindset, I think, from our childhood. I remember my mom saying to me, like, you need to suffer for beauty. Like, I feel like when you would, like, get your period, you'd get smacked in the face because <laughs> that's what it's going to, because that is what you could expect from, like, your adult, you know, adulthood as a female. But that's not the case anymore. There's literally millions of brands out there now. Like, there's there's not the the old times when you could only go to certain stores and you could only get these things. Um there are comfortable shoes that are pretty. There are pants that aren't tight that still look good on you. There are, there, you don't have to trade one for another. Like there mm-hmm. definitely are things that you feel good in and that also you can look good in. It's not, you don't have to give up one to get the other one. And then the other thing is if you kind of flip that a little bit is if you don't love the way that you look in something, you're just it's not that you may be physically uncomfortable, you're going to be mentally uncomfortable because mm-hmm. let's say you're standing in a courtroom or you're making a presentation and you don't feel comfortable in what you're wearing because you feel like you look sloppy or you're realizing that you're wearing like the wrong type of shoe with the wrong type of pants. That's like an emotional uncomfortable situation and you're not able to perform at your best because you have something else going on and you're insecure about something like that. So, and I it's not always it's a conscious like, thing. It's sometimes it's a, it's just that sort of noise that runs in the background, right? right? Like it's like, do I have a booger in my nose? <laughs> do I have a stain on my shirt? Is my button open? It's that internal like thing of, like it's just kind of noise and not you're not able to clear headly focus on what you should be focusing on because think, you're not sorry. you're not so confident that moment. Right, exactly. I think so many women also tend to think of fashion as too much effort and too much work because they're like, I'm a mom, I'm running my own business, I'm dealing with clients, I've got my spouse, I've got all these things going on, and I don't have time to fuss over what I wear. And I just need it to be simple and get me out the door. What what do you what do you say to those women? Those are the same women, though, that are spending an hour when they have their like once a month date night with their husband figuring out what to wear. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, you know, they're, I don't want to fuss. I have so much going on. But then they're standing there, like being like, I have nothing to wear. Like I really wish that I did something about it. It's all about strategy and having a plan. Like I don't, you know, none of my clients are billionaires. None of them, like, you know, get packages every single day. Like it's really about learning what is, looks good on you and letting everything else fall apart, fall Mm -hmm. away. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's not stressful. It becomes a thing of like the way that I work with my clients is they have an app on their phone and we outlay whatever may happen throughout their month. So maybe Mm -hmm. it's going to a networking event. Maybe it's going to a barbecue over the weekend. Like, that we outlay those situations and then they have pre-planned outfits on their phone. So they know exactly what to wear. So when the situation arises, when someone invites you to something that you don't want to go to, you already have the outfits. You don't have the excuse not to show up. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be complicated. And I think also as women, we, we go through this whole process of we have kids, we have a house, we have these bills to pay. And the dress that I own, again, that, that I wear all the time is fine. Mm-hmm. And I don't, shouldn't be investing in myself. And I shouldn't be doing that. And there's this, like, internal kinds of war that we have with ourselves about spending money on ourselves. And what I actually have clients do is put a dollar amount to the amount of money that they're willing to pay on certain things. Maybe it's a blazer, maybe it's a dress and kind of talking about the necessity of those and how those things will make you feel. And what they always come to realize in the end is that they never spent as much money as they thought that they were going to. Um, So in our minds, when we're like, we're going to go shopping, we think it's going to be thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. But if you do it smartly, it won't. If you have a game plan, it's not going to be. If you buy things that you wear and you enjoy, it's not going to be wasteful. You're going to be investing in things. Mm -hmm. And what is wasteful is there's usually a breaking point. There's usually that woman that's like, I'm not going to spend the money. I have all these things. 
they do use the subscription box at one point because there is something that isn't feeling so great about them. They do maybe go online onto Nordstrom's rack and they fill three carts and they buy all this random stuff. But what ends up happening is they ha end up with a bunch of clothes in their closet that still have tags on them that they never truly enjoy. And then that goes into like, I feel bad about myself because I wasted all of this money. So mm -hmm. it does take a little bit of work. Like, I'm not going to say, like, it's the easiest thing in the world and snap your fingers and you have all these new beautiful outfits. It does take a little bit of work. Some of it's emotional because you have to deal with your own body and some of the stuff that's come out up through image over time. But it's easier to do the work and kind of, you know, what I do is I make it very straightforward and very easy. It's like, if, you know, an hour or so a week. It's not like all of a sudden you have a second job. But once you do the work, you have it done, and then you're saving yourself hours of stress and frustration each month trying to figure out what you're going to wear or trying to decide um, or, or avoiding going to something. Like I have clients that are like, I don't have, I, I, someone asked me to speak um, because someone canceled at this networking thing with 50 women, but I don't have what to wear. So, um, and it's tomorrow. So I, I'm not going to go. Wow. And so really cutting off the possibility because right. we don't think about the impact that clothes, that clothes have outfits and how we are getting dressed and our body image. We don't think about the impact that that can have on our success and our career by not doing that work. But that's it a has perfect all example of the impact. Of yeah. The not showing up and not being present is all of the impact. I have it, that. It I have that with clients who don't want to, uh, you know, be on video or go, you know, do public speaking or whatever. And a lot, and a lot of it just comes from that feeling of I don't want people looking at me. I don't, I don't like the way my this weird thing is on my face that I, you know, that nobody else sees but me. You know, like, I don't and. And, uh, and it, it does make a huge difference with when you know how to, you know, how to fix your hair the right way that looks good or, you know, dress in a way that looks good. Right. And that's one of the things that I, um, I have like this, like giveaway on my website and it's the five myths that you need to bust to get next level visibility. And it's little things. It's those little things as women, we use as excuses to not go on a video to not accept the invitation. And they're so simple. Like, <laughs> but we use them. Like if it's something, for example, if you're someone who like, if you had a gray hair, you wouldn't go to something and you know that about yourself, schedule a, a hair appointment every three months, three weeks. Like it's right. not, I'm not saying you need to like, go and be a Glamazon, but if it's the thing that stops you, Realize it really is that. a self-care. It really is a self-care thing. People, right. people tend to think self-care is, you know, mani-pedi, but Self-care is really doing this kind of work and saying, you know, I want, I want to be comfortable in my own skin and comfortable in my own clothes and comfortable with the way I look when I show up, you know, to face the world. And it doesn't have to take as much time at, or energy as people think it does. Right. And it, it doesn't. It's, it actually takes you more time stressing out about not doing it than the actual act of getting it done oh, yeah. and doing it yeah. and being complete. And I'm sure you chat about this with your clients because I always um, say this to, my, to people that get stressed out about, you know, being visible and showing up. And I kind of flip it on them and I say, P other people need you. They need what you are saying. They need what your message is. And you are actually, by not getting your hair done or not being confident, you are depriving them of that. So right. you, like, you need to be of service and make greater impact. And if it's stopping you by not feeling confident in your clothes or having a chipped nail or something like that, like everyone has their own insecurities and I am not judging anyone about any of them because we all have our own quirks yeah. about yeah. reasons we don't show up. So, but if you are not doing that, you can't have that impact that you are meant to. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is not about, we're not talking about head to toe labels either. Like, absolutely not. Right? <laughs> you don't no, have to be me going into that. That was years ago. Let me just say, like, as women attorneys, we, um, you know, we often, especially when you own your own practice, you own your own business, we often complain that um, 
clients think we have all this money and so they're wanting discounts. You know, there's some of the things that women attorneys talk about. We talk amongst ourselves, you know, clients think that attorneys are rich, that we come out of law school and we're automatically rich and we have all this money. And yet the flip side of that is you see a lot of women attorneys spending money they don't have on expensive designer clothes because they Mm -hmm. think or shoes or handbags that cost thousands of dollars because they think that they have to present this kind of image to get clients. And it's the same thing that I felt when I was, you know, 25 years old is I felt that in order to you know, be at Barney's, I need to dress like I shopped like Barney's, except I was making like $40,000 a year. (laughs) And you can still look great. You can look great and nobody will ever know, you know, unless somebody is a, you know, somebody who's just obsessed with designer stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I always joke about is, um, you know, when you, when you have the friends that are buying the designer items and, and then you're like, we live in Orlando, Florida, (laughs) like like most people here, you know, just don't, it's different in New York than it is Mm -hmm. here. And it's like, okay, well, how many of these handbags do you need? Because what, so what where exactly, are you going with them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where are you going to go? I mean, you, if you're going to get the nicest restaurant in town, I mean, we do have some upscale restaurants, but you know, but the ones that you normally would go to, people are going to be of course sitting across from you in shorts. <laughs> so, right. and that kind of also goes to now what everyone's mentality is because there's so many things on sale right now. And there's such good sales because there's over excess inventory because people haven't been shopping. And my clients kind of like, all of this stuff is on sale, but where am I wearing it to? Like it's now I think our mentality of what we're purchasing, what we're investing is different. Cause like, are we ever going to go a hundred percent back into an office? Like, do you need to own suits anymore? Do you need five inch heels? Like are these, these are the questions. So like, where are you wearing that to? But it comes down to confidence and how you feel about yourself. And if you are going to be on your A game in what you're wearing, so whether it's if you're rocking a $50 blazer or a $500 blazer, it's what makes you feel good about yourself. It has nothing to do about the dollar amount that you spent. Right. And there are beautiful clothes at Zara. There are beautiful clothes at Nordstrom's Rack. There are beautiful clothes at Neiman Marcus. So no matter what, <laughs> well, I always had a joke with um, my husband. He's like, you can go to like, TJ Maxx and find something to buy, or you can go somewhere else and find something to buy. Like, it's right. just, they're, they're out there. It's just really knowing where to look and also knowing who you want to be. Because if you're buying some stuff that doesn't really fit your lifestyle, because that's another thing. I go into people's closets and I'm like, where's the black tie gallows you're going to with all of these dresses? Oh, I haven't, I haven't gotten to one in like 15 years. <laughs> Like, okay, so really making sure that your wardrobe is fitting what, what your lifestyle is and also maybe the, the goal that you're hoping to achieve. So let's say, you know, you are starting this firm and in two years you want to be doing speaking engagements. If you don't have the clothes to be asked to speak, you're never going to get your mindset that you are going, right. that you're capable. So it's a little bit of that playful, what do I want, but really making sure it's in the realm of it serving you right now. So let me ask you this before we wrap up, um, because we need to wrap up here in a minute, but I, I want to ask you, a lot of people now are doing, I mean, we've, we've been online shoppers has been evidenced by every holiday season the past several years, more and more people are shopping online. And one of the challenges of shopping online is when we go to buy clothes and mm-hmm. because it's not the same thing as being in a store where you can touch it and you can try it on and you know, a lot of people, of course, don't like to try things on, but what advice would you have for us in shopping online? What kinds of, are there key things we need to be looking for and, and things that we need to really be steering away from when we're shopping online? So one of the things that, so a lot of my clients, I've, I've been shopping online with them for years. Um, mm-hmm. And what I always try to do when I'm recommending something is recommend something that I know already. So it's not mm-hmm. like a blind eye situation that you're kind of just throwing some spaghetti on the wall. But if you go into your closet, there probably is some sort of trend. There's probably a few brands that you like. So if there's brands that you typically would buy when you were shopping in person, 
go online and look at those brands because you probably would like what they are making now that you so and also you know what your size is and you know what the fit is and all of that stuff i also would be really really careful of looking at what the measurements are and taking that into account because some things are cut differently and since you're not trying it on and you're not seeing in person you want to look at what those measurements are you also mm -hmm. want to look um it's okay to buy things in multiple sizes I mean, only shop in a store where you has a good return policy. Don't be the person who like some of my clients like they're like, I bought this on Instagram. <laughs> it took five weeks to get here and it won't even fit on my toe. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I can't send it back because it came in an unmarked box from China. <laughs> that's right. That's, exactly. I've done that a couple of so like, times. Fortunately, not you know, close, we all but... do it. Sometimes it's fun. If it's only a few dollars, you know, it's kind of a giggle and you may end up getting something really, really cool. But like really only shop in reputable stores, look at their return policies. Um, now with the pandemic, people are extending their return policies. Make sure that it's not exchange only unless it's a store that you love and that you know that you'll spend your credit and don't lose your credit. Um, but when you're buying something, be okay with buying it in multiple sizes. Just know that it's not you. It's usually the brand that cuts differently. So if you want to come out with some stuff that you love, you may need to invest a little bit of money to find that thing and be okay with returning it. I know like my clients are sometimes like, I have to send these boxes back, but just know that it's part of the process, especially when you aren't going into a store right now, that there are going to be some buying and returning. Um, and then the other thing too is again, just really sticking with some of those brands that you, that you really have gone to is super super helpful and mm. then also have some fun and experiment like it's almost like you're you're ordering something like try something you never would try before is mm. always what i say like i find that the most things that my clients are most hesitant of trying when i'm like just order it and they're like i don't know and i'm like do me a favor you're already ordering a few things from them i really know you're going to love this just order it it is that wonderful email i get a week later I am obsessed with this shirt. Can you make 35 different outfits with it? And can I wear it every single place? So when you yeah. step out That's of your great. comfort zone a little bit, you may fall in love with something that you never, never knew you would love. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I thank you so much for being here and sharing. You've shared so much great information with us. And I know everybody's going to love this episode because it's really fun to talk about style and fashion and how we can, how we can, you know, look as good as we feel right uh i also so i want you to tell us where we can find you on the interwebs and especially to tell people your web dress so they can see the fantastic shoes that you're wearing in your photo <laughs> on your <laughs> i want those shoes i have no place to wear them to right now but they're gorgeous um so tell, us, tell us where we can connect with you and find out more about you and uh reach out to you if we if we want to Sure, absolutely. So um, my website is my full name, which is um, Melanie Lipman, L-I-P-P, -P, like pizza pie, M-A-N dot com. And then I also can be found um, over on Instagram at the same handle, at Melanie Lipman. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. And then I'm on Facebook, and I actually started, if anyone is interested, um, during the May 15th, I started a really fun Facebook group, which is called All Dressed Up with Nowhere to Go. Mm -hmm. And I kind of do outfit inspiration posts every single day, kind of getting people inspired to get dressed as opposed to staying in their pajamas, because that's really key at this point in time is to get dressed to really feel good and like we're accomplishing something in our day. So if anyone wants to join us in that group, I'd love to have you there. Okay, great. We'll put that in the show notes as well. So thanks so much for being here. It's been really fun and, and I've enjoyed it immensely. And now I'm going to have to go take a look in my closet and read out about half the stuff in there and rethink everything. <laughs> well, that's great because I'll get to shop then. <laughs> uh, thanks, Melody. My pleasure. Have a wonderful day. At Wealthy Woman Lawyer, we help women law firm owners build profitable, sustainable, wealth-generating law firms without overwork or overwhelm, so you can live your best life. If you are ready to create more of what you desire most in your business and your life, then you'll want to sign up now for our free training, Seven Shifts to Create a Wealth-Generating Law Firm Without Killing Yourself in the Process. 
Register now at WealthyWomanLawyer.com slash training to receive this free training immediately. And thank you for listening to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast.